0: did you think it wasn't a penalty, Because it wasn't a penalty. Because it was no handball, it was not a handball, the, the handball, the arm was long. You cannot play football if you, when you're close, as close as that. Uh, it's impossible to play football then. So it's because the you go in the box and just gives the ball to the arm of the player and it's penalty. The arm was not there. Watch it again. But when you want to move you have to he didn't lift his hand. It was here. It was down there, of course. But where do you put your hand? In the pocket? You have no pocket in the shoulder. I said down there that uh, he tried very hard for the referees to become professional many years ago with David Dean and we did a good job to allow them to become professional and uh, I see no improvement, you know, and uh, at the end of the day there are two countries in Europe where you have professional referees, in Italy and in England. Not one English referee will go to the World Cup, but everything is alright, you cannot say a word against it. Uh, But because they are untouchable, and uh, that is the case, but that is the truth as well. Coming up,
1: another podcast from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Good evening. Good afternoon, good morning, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and everything else. Uh, we haven't been here um, for a little while uh, due to man flu and Mexicans. <laughs> I'm Fergus. <laughs> I'm from Arsenal Fan Forum. I'm Mike from Bangers Code Sips. And uh, I hope you uh, enjoy episode six of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. So, Mike, how have we been doing? The Mexicans got you.
2: I've been uh, had some food poisoning from bad Mexican food, which was actually one of my favorite local places. And then I had a bit of a sinus issue as well. So all of that combined over Christmas period, New Year's, made things more difficult than they should have been. But it sounds like you, across the pond, also had oh, some, I
1: had something, um, I had something far more serious than that I had something called uh, Man flu. <laughs> Um, uh. And, and, and sinuses—I don't have an issue. You can probably hear them a bit nasally at the moment, and you can hear this tissue in the background. <laughs> My nose is streaming like—I oh, don't know—it's like Niagara Falls at the minute. But hey, listen, I've got to be able to keep it's me cool.
2: Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so we got. How that. was uh, how was your festive period?
1: It was it was really good. Um, very busy. Lots of friends and family. We've uh, still got um, family over on, for a couple of days, so uh, the house is just full of shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it was it it was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, Late night New Year. End up uh, we went went to our local pub for a beer, and uh, we left early. But um, sat up with me, my daughter, her boyfriend, and my wife. We sat up till about three in the morning. So probably still recovering a little bit. We've got a lot of football to cover, haven't we?
2: We sure do. It seems like we haven't talked to each other in quite some time, but the fact that the matches were coming thick and fast makes it seem that much longer.
1: Uh, December like is it, like a war zone uh, between football, Christmas parties, and uh, just Christmas. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I'm dying.
2: <laughs> that's the exciting part. I mean, I, I think that that's what makes the Premier League as exciting as it is. I mean, the, the fact that you have the Christmas period and you got Football to watch every two three days is is incredible considering <laughs> most of or if not all of Europe takes half of the month of December off.
1: Yeah, and, and we got more tomorrow, which we'll cover as well. I'm I'm, I'm at that game. I'm, I'm I'm seeing Chelsea. I don't know if everybody is uh, tomorrow. Actually, on that on that one, I've. <laughs> predicted a 2-1 to Arsenal, but a bit like the FA Cup and a bit like uh, uh, many other times we played them. I'm not going in with confidence, but hey-ho.
2: <laughs> Speaking of but, predictions, we, uh, we completely sucked over the, the three matches that would have qualified. So, no, no, no. I'm um, still ahead. Europe, you are. Between Liverpool, Crystal Palace and West Brom, uh, we both got West Brom and Liverpool wrong. Uh, we neither of us predicted the draw, and we predicted the victory against Crystal Palace. But neither of well, us got did,
1: the we result. We did, we didn't draw against West Brom.
2: Yeah, I know. We kind of won with an asterisk at the end of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mike my, uh, my Dean won.
2: Yeah, I guess he's he's the ultimate winner of that match. We'll talk about a little bit later. But um, you are still ahead. Somebody said, "I am still ahead." Yeah, you Just, got do six you want to say that again? Yeah, you are ahead with six points. I got four six, points over the three-match period. We both got one point out of a possible uh, – was it nine? We did was yes, it three possible points. Nine, possible nine. Yeah. So that's um, – I've a made my prediction of for two nine. Right <laughs> <laughs> I say your, two on up the two Arsenal. All right, so I'll just make note of that now. So two on Arsenal for Fergus – I'm gonna go with three to one for Arsenal. Let's okay. Those out of the way. Right. So, so let's right. talk about all this, all this football that we've. I mean, we've chatted back and forth via text message over the last week and a half, but. Um, yeah, we I don't.
1: Guess, we we're friends. We don't actually just do this just for like, uh, <laughs> just
2: like.
3: Yeah. We actually <laughs>
2: communicate with each other on a regular basis. Well, um, you you, could, guess, you couldn't bloody well talk anyway because you had no voice. I know. <laughs> It was all text message. I couldn't communicate with my voice. Um, I guess we can go back to... The the West Ham match, the, the snooze fest, if that's what you want to call it. The West um, Ham game,
1: yes. I'll we'll I, I keep went it with...
2: brief because there's there's not much to talk about, but I, you were there, correct?
1: I, I was there. I went there with my two brothers uh, and uh, two of my three brothers. Uh, I went with Rory and Dermot. Rory's a, a staunch Man United fan. He wakes up every morning to see uh, the old uh, outside of the um, West Stand uh, the away entrance of Highbury, that's outside his front door. about to move house, and he's actually moving the other side so he can see the marble holes and see true class. And then I've got Dermot, who's uh, my next but youngest brother. Um, He's uh, Man United, but he's a a closet West Ham fan because he lives out in deepest, darkest uh, Essex, which is uh, West Ham country. And he was giving all all the crossed arms, corny ones and all this sort of shit. Oh, man. (laughs) I, I could hear people afterwards going, Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, that 90 minutes is over. It's the longest and worst 90 minutes of my life. Well, I've had had worse off my life. Only, <laughs> only positive was uh, Welbs gets his goal. And he he did. Yeah. He did try and try and try, and he did stick to it. Uh, you know, and he followed up. He would normally, on normal circumstances, he'd miss that. So, fair play, Welbs.
2: Although... It- It did look a bit sloppy, to be honest. I mean, it seems like he missed hit it, and then it kind of just fell right into his path, and he kind of just walked it into the net. (laughs) Okay. I
3: mean, I'll
1: take it.
2: I'm not not going to complain about the fact that it went in, but um, it was a bit painful to watch that match. I think my, apart from the positive that we won, and that allows me to watch now the Chelsea match when I get to get to the UK on the 10th. Um, which I am, I I am my trip. to get
1: tickets. To I'm desperate. <laughs> yeah, to so if anyone listening,
2: now. if anyone has, uh, I'm able to get tickets um, online, which is my worst case scenario. But as I've been told uh, by multiple people, not just Fergus, that if I'm watching it in the non-Arsenal area, I – probably shouldn't wear Arsenal colors i probably shouldn't celebrate so considering uh, no, it's my no, first mike, arsenal match mike, i don't want to be restricted mike
1: there's no probably in it they will kill you, <laughs> you do not uh, go yeah don't even wear red shoelaces or anything like that if you hide Jesus. your red pants yeah so Come just don't on. do it <laughs> I, I listen so, I, I want to stand for I went to Stanford Bridge for the first time when we got beaten 3-1 on my fucking birthday. Could you believe it? Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I ended up, they said, uh, Fulham Broadway was closed, uh, so you're better off going to Earl's Court. And um, I've got this gilet, you've probably seen me pictures with, and I got the old Art Deco um, logo on it. So it's blue and white, but it's still an Arsenal logo. It was an uh, obscure Ar- Arsenal logo on there. And I'm walking through, going, which way to Earl's Court, please, mate, which way to Earl's and every pub, everywhere, which was just blue and white, it was Chelsea everywhere. And, I think i got away with it because i was polite um but they looked at me and went, like, what the fuck why are you here <laughs> so Margie, that bring, brings me on to yeah i don't wanna- go on
2: i just i was just gonna say I just, being my first match being my first time there i would hate to go and sit in a place where i'm restricted i mean i i spoke to uh one of the members from the uh arsenal gunners here in the u.s and uh he was like, "Well, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're optimistic. The fact that you'll be able to celebrate." And I was like, "Well, if I do have the ability to celebrate, I, I want to at least have the option. I don't want to have to, you know, what keep my hands in my pocket what, and zip my mouth shut." What you can shots. do at that
1: very moment in time and go, "I think I need a wee," and then go down to the toilet. And go, <laughs> And then break one of the sinks and get you out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyone listening, if you have the ability to kind of point me in the direction of being able to at least get a ticket in the arsenal end or in an area of the stadium that – might be a little bit more friendly, um, and so it, drop us. A and message if there are two, on um, or Facebook or email, yeah, two is even better. It two is I'm even better, better but uh, to
1: join uh, it might get priority because that's what I'm looking at for first. Um, that does bring me on to slightly off topic. Uh, the away ticket scheme—it's a closed shop. It's it, it's a cartel, uh, and I have been helped out many a time by many of the guys who've got loads of away points. I'm a season ticket holder. I've been for seven years, eight years. I pay my thousand pound a year for that. I would easily go away to other games i i try to go to like Sunderland away and some of the other more obscure games um and i can't even buy a ticket because i've got zero away points um on Kelsey went down to five points and i was sitting online waiting for, to go for a zero because it was like nearly at zero points at which point um some of our listeners helped me out with uh, some memberships dave harold big shout out to you mate um And we had, I had enough memberships to buy a ticket, but because they've been hoovered up, disappeared. We are still asking around. We'll see how we get on. So,
2: how how do you gen? How do you uh, just to be quick how do you generate points Uh,
1: by buying away ticket you can buy uh there's, there's there's several different membership schemes you got red silver and gold red allows you to buy a ticket um and allows you buy a ticket uh this for a home game to uh one month before kickoff um so you get whatever's left over silver is almost like a season ticket it allows you to buy tickets on the moment of release which is two months before kickoff and gold obviously is your uh, your season ticket so you have your seat allocated for most games um uh, which is the 19 home games plus seven cup games excluding the league cup so you get seven european or fa cup games and then you get priority to buy your own seat back, which I have done for the Chelsea second round. Um, there's some other various There's purple for disabled people and carers. There's, um, I don't know why they call it purple. It seems a bit derogatory to me, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> much, yeah. Um, and then you've got platinum, which is that. Prawn sandwich ring that goes above the the lower tier, and obviously then you got boxes and so on. Uh, but there's also away membership schemes, and there's four tiers in there as well. And depending on whether you're in the first twelve hundred, second twelve hundred, and so on, depending on the allocation you get, uh, we've got an allocation of about five. Uh, no, I think it's about four thousand to Chelsea, and they're going to get eaten up and even when you go to some of the obscure away away games in Europe people will buy the tickets so that they can have enough away points or enough points to buy for the semi-final in Azerbaijan or Paris or whatever the game is so they got first dibs on it and they will sell it at face value fair enough and help somebody out but it doesn't help anybody build points so the people who've got their five ten fifteen fifty plus points um uh, carry on keeping them and listen. Again, not having a criticism at the guys who are doing it. If I had the points, I'd probably be doing it. But I think the club should look at a, a better system that rewards not only um, uh, away membership because, like you know, these guys, spend a fortune going up and down the country um, supporting the club, but also. Uh, uh, they should have something about turning up at a home game because we're getting seeing see more and more empty seats at the home games and lack of atmosphere and uh, tours. I know you're a tourist, but you're a fan as well. But, <laughs> but we're seeing more and more of that there, and it's watering down the atmosphere. And there's got to be something done fundamentally about rewarding actual ticket holders turning up at a the game. There we go. Rant over.
2: Well, if we... If we're looking for change and Ooh, don't this that part one. of the club is the, same as, <laughs> is the same as every other part of the club, then that's probably mm-hmm. not going to change. So, yeah. <laughs> on to uh, let's talk about Liverpool. What the hell was that? Uh,
1: you know what? We could have been about five, six and a kneel down at halftime.
2: It was, it was embarrassing. I mean, I watched that first half and um, I... A buddy of mine, as I, I've mentioned in the past, uh, I have that group chat message which um, I've made a New Year's resolution that I will not engage in uh, football talk on that group chat, um, just because it—it it just we had a discussion. We had a discussion about it the other day, which I'll get get into after. But um, one of my buddies, or two of two of my friends, are, are Liverpool fans. One's actually from Liverpool. He's he's only been in the country for about maybe like six or seven years. But does anybody understand um, them yet? I understand it, but some people struggle. My <laughs> wife, for example, <laughs> struggles at times to understand what the hell he's oh, saying. Geez. But <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> um I watched that first half and I was so disappointed. I mean we looked so scared of of Liverpool I was like what the hell is going on right now I couldn't believe we get,
1: it we got caught on the left um, I know, you know it looks like a really uh, good strong player uh, and he is normally plays in um only plays a uh, defensive midfield role, and he's been playing at left back at the minute. But he was getting skinned left, right, and center down that left-hand side, and I don't think he was getting any support along there as well. Um, I thought Kolasinac would have been probably better in that position, but there must be something going on with him. He's, I know he's now injured, but he must have been nursing an injury beforehand for them to keep on pursuing with uh, Maitland-Niles in, in that position.
2: That's the only thing that we can assume, right? But, I mean, Wenger was asked, and he went on about how maitland niles is uh, good one-on-one he has good recovery pace blah 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 but if you watch that first goal um he gets sucked out of position and he kind of gets caught in between which then allows liverpool to play that ball um to the right hand side which would have been his left hand side which would be where he would normally be um and then ends up resulting in that goal. Obviously, there's a couple of other factors. I know Jack Wilshere and and Shaka were chasing back, and um, it all kind of happened really fast, and it was a fortunate bounce, blah, blah, blah. But um, just the fact that you know Wenger praises him in terms of his recovery pace and his ability to recover, and, I mean, if we look at the play from start to finish, he essentially Mm -hmm. got sucked out and wasn't able to recover. So that's problem number one and again like you said no the no, past, no he's not, he's not and, and you,
1: you can see he has, has to change actually, his body um, position to try not. and clear the balls i think he's improved in the role uh, uh, with time and i think uh, there is an element to say some experience, it gives him some experience. Um, I just really don't like the the fact that Wenger insists on going, right, you're a striker. Uh, what we're going to do is going to give you a goal and we're going to play you in goal. He will find the most awkward position to play you in to go, now you'll work your bastard. So I, I just find I, it, it, I, I struggle with it.
2: Yeah, and and the fact that, um, again, he's he's out of... He's not in his comfort zone in terms of his left foot, which I'm kind of on the fence with that one, as I've talked about before. But you have a a natural left back on the bench, uh, you know, and he talks about I had seen somewhere where he had mentioned, you know, maybe Kolasinaki is more fit for the left back role opposed to the left wing back role. But uh, regardless, right, you're a left back or you're a left wing back, right? Monreal is not a left wing back. He's a left Back, right but he can get up and down the line so it's just it's more of a tactical adjustment being aware um yeah obviously he's not roberto carlos or he's not kafu right we don't have players like that right they're not going to just do that whole left or right-handed flank by themselves but again it's just a minor adjustment it's not like rocket science right they're not going from a left back to playing striker or uh, attacking midfielder right the adjustment isn't as uh, complex as maybe some may seem, it is right. Obviously, there's a lot, a lot of factors in terms of you know getting up and down the pitch and and being aware of you know because now you have three center backs, you don't have to tuck in as much in certain situations. But again, you have knock on the bench. Whether he's if he's suffering a knock, why is he on the bench? If he's on the bench, I to me that tells me that he's fit to play. So whether he plays the first 45 minutes and then gets subbed off. Um, or what may be the case, but I'd prefer that than to start the match who, who, at somewhat who, of a disadvantage. Who would we
1: have if 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 we had it the other way around? Kolesniak on the pitch and Maitland-Niles as cover. If Kolesniak, who is now uh, formally injured for a couple of weeks, who will we have as backup for Maitland-Niles? That's
2: exactly well, Monreal's out, so I mean we're basically Maitland-Niles, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him at that left wing-back we have Willock.
1: Oh. Willock or something like that. One of, the, one of the kids covering. Or
2: Nelson. I can see him putting Reese Nelson there.
1: Nelson, But uh, again, it's a, yeah, a but, huge which, concern. Again, he's...
2: Yeah. Who do we have that's left? I,
1: I, I, just, I just looked at my notes. I just looked at my notes on the Liverpool game. And um, uh, we have uh, uh, Firmino near post, saved by check. Again, Maitland-Niles called out too narrow. Coutinho to Salah. costs giving them too much space. Um. By uh, giving too much space, by because uh, cause deflected to Coutinho, then they hit the post. Cause slips leave Salah great shot, great save over the bar of Omane. We were just all over the place in that first half.
2: Yeah, and again, I, I just I felt like we gave them way too much respect. Yes, they are capable of of doing a lot of things going forward. I mean, they have Sane, they have Salah, they have Firmino, they had Coutinho. <laughs> And yes, the going forward they the have corner loads corner. of pace. Well, now it's going to be the Fab Three because Cotinho has gone. But um, Do you reckon the? Well, Nike already announced it. they're going to court about it. But and then I also saw Nike announced the 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 jersey on their website for Barcelona. Oh wow! And I saw, yeah, they prematurely announced that they're going to court about it, Liverpool, but. I also saw this morning that Coutinho basically told Liverpool that he doesn't want to play another match for them. And coincidentally, he wasn't even on the squad yesterday. He wasn't on the bench either. So I don't understand why we gave them so so much respect. We were at home. Yes, they're capable of causing all sorts of issues going forward. But again, why aren't we pushing them back and forcing them to play on the counterattack? We we basically gave them the ball. They controlled it in our half, and we were playing on the counterattack when... Yes, we tend to do that against clubs like Manchester City away or Chelsea away, but we're at home. I don't know why we didn't establish ourselves further up the pitch, and, I mean, we struggled with it. The first goal, the first half was all Liverpool. Second half pretty much started the same way as the first half did. Um, We went down 2-0. That second goal again starts on that left-hand side. Own goal on mustafi i think did they ended up give i don't think they gave it an on goal cuz the, the original shot's still on target
1: oh i thought it went i don't know i can check let me check uh do i really need
2: to... yeah i think they would have normally they'll only give it an on goal if the original oh, okay. shot's not no, on they didn't
1: target have to check. they haven't checked
2: haven't. yeah so the shot's on target but again it, it originates further up the pitch similar to the first goal it maitland niles again further up the pitch recovery wasn't there and then Salah basically just ran at us. And
1: you sure, know, it was, you know what it was happened? a fortunate
2: deflection, to be honest.
1: I'll give, give you a, a, a North Bank uh, view on this. Um, I'm standing and we're all going, oh, fuck, we're 2-0 down. I turned around to the two guys behind us who I, I chat to. And I went, don't worry, lads. I said, I predicted 3-2. And I, I looked to the sky, stuck my arms in the air and went, oh, Asunvenga, <laughs> very <laughs> Lion King-esque. And then we had the mad 45 <laughs> minutes, uh, four minutes and 45 seconds, 45 minutes, it wasn't. Oh,
2: my God. Jesus. It was I, I... incredible. I couldn't believe well, the fir- it.
1: Well, the first one went in, Sanchez uh, got the f- uh, first one, Shaka, we'll talk about that because that was Amazing shot! when the third one in, again, great goal by Özil. But when the third one went in, I got it was not quite crowd surfing because the seats are in the way. When I was getting pulled on. I am going to get kissed by so many men and people I never knew in my
2: life before.
1: You <laughs> went fucking nuts.
2: I, I would. I, I stayed away from the group chat, but I saw that I could see the messages coming in and out, but. After two zero, I was like, "Jesus, we are gonna get smashed at home again." And once the that first, I mean, the fact that we scored straight away, yep. I think, helped us. Uh, made it two to one right shaka away, boom. and then Shaka shot, which is a nice. Nice shot, but I mean, oh, he's, he's a shit, a, he's a shit a, keeper anyway. The fact that he is exactly, and the fact that he's still the keeper at Liverpool is astonishing to me That's because I mean, he's not.
1: Clock doesn't know anything about defence, he's got no defenders, and he's gone out and spent 75 million on a guy who didn't want to play for his hit Southampton. Uh, they're, they're selling one Judas dickhead in continuo to Barcelona, uh, money grabbing sorry, not Judas, uh, money grabbing dickhead to replace it with somebody else in in Van Dijk. Uh, Van Dijk could have been at Arsenal because we were scouting him when he was at uh, Celtic. Um, but, you know, good defender, but he's not bloody well. He's not 75 million worth.
2: Yeah, it seems overpriced, but I think the fact, I think what allowed Liverpool to match that price tag was the fact that I'm fairly certain that they already knew in the background that Coutinho was gone. And I can imagine yes, yeah, he's yeah. going to go for a significant amount of money, but there's no, I, I'm not convinced. And I spoke to my, my, my buddy from Liverpool about it uh, this weekend. I'm not convinced that, Your Liverpool, makes lover that from deal. Liverpool is
1: what you meant to say.
2: He's actually bald.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even more
2: ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not convinced that Liverpool makes that deal. If Coutinho is not gone. It's well, just a significant um, amount of money, but
1: but also that again, it's about Liverpool. I don't really care about, but um the guy could have signed for fifty million, or fifty-five million, or fifty million one pound back in the summer, um, and uh, you know, six months later, twenty-five million more, fifty percent more to to sign the same player. Whoever's doing that dealings, Christ, needs sacking.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, it's the, it's the, the English. I don't know what it is, but players in the EPL are so overpriced it's ridiculous. I don't I don't I mean obviously there's a lot of money in it and and the clubs have more money than most other leagues given the TV money, but it's absurd yeah. the amount of the inflation on transfer fees in the EPL.
1: And it depends again where it is in the league although even now it is starting to affect it used to affect the top five or six player uh, teams but now it's affecting even lower down where the silly fees at Palace are paying silly like 20 million for an an unknown footballer and so on
2: yeah so those should
1: Lakers- oh. have scored a fourth shouldn't he
2: um on which which play was that
1: Liverpool um not long after there's so many games Mike Jesus uh, <laughs> not long after I, I've got it goes nuts in the, in the North Bank uh, Laka should have scored a fourth afterwards. Uh, I, th-
2: I can't remember that top in my head.
1: And then not long after that, Firmino uh, gets that loads of space. And in my opinion, poor save uh, by check. He gets his hand to the ball, but he doesn't look like he's got any, any purpose or force behind it. Um,
2: uh, and- no. I thought he knocked it over the net. And then when I saw him save it, I was like, oh, great. And then when I saw the defenders, I believe it was Mustafi that ran back and it bounced and it went in. I'm like, what the hell just happened? If if he had saved it properly, he he would have been
1: a (laughs) superhero. But now he's a bit of a... uh,
2: (laughs) But the fact that he... I mean, if you look at the save, look how far out he is, first of all. Yes. Um, He makes that save. It seems like he's almost at the penalty Yeah, yeah, I thought it was
1: close close to the 18-yard line,
2: yeah that ball goes up pretty high and still comes down and almost bounces on the line. I mean, incapable. I think it was Mustafi that, that went back, but um, he seems way off his line. First of all, Um, second, again, nowhere, not nowhere near strong enough, strong enough arm or hand to keep that out of the net. I mean, he should be making that save. 10 out of 10 times.
1: And Bellerin like, had a close shot to bring it back to 4-3, didn't he? Went over the bar.
2: Yeah, but my my note here, I think the point that I want to make is why the hell did it take going down 0-2 for the team to react the way they did?
1: Uh, it, listen, I think it, you can go into uh, the West Ham game beforehand, okay, it's a different squad, but you can look into every single game and you're going to get the exact same actually we're going into a game against Chelsea tomorrow night and our today as people are probably going to listen to it, but um, uh, we're going into a game against Chelsea and we all want to predict a win. And we, we both have predicted a win, but in our heart of hearts, are we, are we really that confident? I don't know.
2: I am at home. I mean, at home again, maybe it's just my bias or maybe I just, I can't convince myself any other way and, I'll talk about it a little bit later. They just—they just—they just, they just, of the, they just spanked Stoke five 0 So they're going to be on a. Who the fuck cares? Who the hell? Stoke hasn't hasn't won. How many games has Stoke won? I mean, they're barely over the the relegation. And that's the thing.
1: And, and, and we, we struggle against West Ham in the league. We str- struggle against West Ham in the cup. We struggle against Crystal Palace. We struggle against West uh, West Brom. Okay, they did have a 12th man, but they you know, they are doing what they need to do. To the lower teams that you would expect, I was going to say something else, which would be derogatory, but uh, the, the, the lower teams that you would expect to get three points from, but, and and we're not, we're not convincing.
2: I get it, but I mean, we've also had matches where we've been convincing and we didn't win, you know. And I saw a bunch of yeah, Man you're not- I saw a bunch of tweets online about after the West Brom game um, about sure Arsenal. You know, Mike Dean had that penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty, but Arsenal should not have never put themselves in that position. Um, they should have put the game away earlier. Well, listen, there's no ifs ands or buts about it, right? It, there's games that we play fantastic and we don't win. There's games where we play shit and we don't win. There's games that we play shit and we do win. Okay, and when Chelsea won the That's championship, football, isn't it really? It is, and when cha- when Chelsea won the championship, everyone praised them because you know champions find a way to win. Okay, whether they play bad, whether they play good, whether they win 1-0, champions find a way to win. Okay, You're never going to be able to play well every match. There's a lot of uh, fixtures. They come thick and fast at certain points of the season, and you need to be able to grind them out. Okay, And Arsenal was able to grind out that match against West Brom. Okay? They scored a legal goal, and it got washed away because of a poor officiating decision I don't care if you think they deserve to win it or not they deserve to win it on the basis of the fact that they scored a legal goal and were up 1-0 and are taking it the points were taken away because of a bad officiating decision that to me we, tells which, me they deserve to win I don't care if they played well or didn't play well yes we would all love to see Arsenal play amazing soccer every match for we, 90 we, minutes we, that's not the which reality two it. Dis- okay, so discussion we can points which we'll look at other uh,
1: one of them at least later which is VAR and the other one is there's uh, some things at the on Arsenal fans forum and on some general banter, uh, football banter uh, groups on Facebook, talking about um, George Graham uh, was actually better than Arsene Wenger as a manager. What do you reckon?
2: Um, I mean, I don't. I wasn't too exposed to to George Graham. I mean, I've read a lot about him. I've I've watched a lot of videos. He um, it's interesting to see. Um, <laughs> It, it amazes me to see there's very limited to almost no interaction between him and Wenger.
1: What, well, between George Graham? I think, I, Graham. I, I think, yeah. if I'm honest, I think the club distanced themselves from George Graham. I, I, I'm not privy to anything, but this is my opinion uh, and only my opinion. I think the club have probably distanced themselves from George Graham. George Graham was a huge Arsenal fan and a, was a legend as a player as well as a manager. Um but I think with the bung scandal, um, obviously changes in the hierarchy, uh, and he was at Spurs for a bit. But he's only doing a job, um, and they never won anything with him, so he does his job well. Um, so, uh, but uh, I, I think yeah. Harry Kane got fifty-six <laughs> goals, didn't he, this last calendar year, to celebrate the fixed fifty-six years without winning yeah, the that's league that's title. Cool. <laughs> How good is that? It's perfect.
2: It's, it's, it's amazing.
3: He may be a mole. You can't make well. this stuff up. Harry Kane. <laughs> da, 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 da.
2: Um, my, my final note on that Liverpool match was... Sorry. Um, <laughs> We've I've missed this place. <laughs> <laughs> We've we had absolute shit defending on that third goal. I mean, the fact that they leave me alone. Space. If you watch space. If you watch the play unfold, three of our players attack the ball and leave Firmino all alone at the edge of the box. Uh, it, and, and I know that I messaged you, um, I believe it was shortly after the match or, or during the match, but it it absolutely rattles my brain at the fact that Steve Bold is our yes. assistant manager. He, he was part of one of the strongest defensive units, maybe the strongest defensive he's, unit Arsenal had in quite he some is time. Part And we can't figure it out.
1: How inherited to be um, the the basis of eventually the Invincibles, but like you know, he he got three titles in uh, the the first eight years, but like Steve Bold and Tony Adams and Dixon, he had the back four, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and how the hell is it? uh, How is it possible that we have him in our staff, and we cannot? for the life of us figure this defensive thing out I mean yes we've had spells I, I,
1: I read a really good article I read a really good article and I wasn't going to bring this up to a certain degree but I read a really good article in the Times i that, um, it's too educated for me, so I don't read the Times. So my brother, get, my brother gave me his login, so I read it, and it was about a guy who uh, has um, came in and took over Microsoft about five or six years ago. And Microsoft, at that point, were flying high and everything else, and everyone had the arrogance uh, to say about themselves that, yeah, we don't we don't need to be challenged. We we are the best. We are the leaders. And then Google and uh, Amazon started. Eroding at their um, at their market share and and, and and excelling in them, and the article was about talked about Mourinho and Wenger, in um, oppose uh, and in opposed, and, and opposed to Fergie. In the sense, Benio and Wenger have stuck to their old ways and stuck to the, their principles of what they've done and not evolved over time. And that's what Microsoft had done; they had not evolved over time. And this new guy came in and he's actually turned around Microsoft by actually allowing dissent uh, within the ranks, allowing to be challenged. And going back to your Steve Bold uh, interaction, which made me think of this article: is you've got Steve Bold, you've got lots of people. In the, they they're not allowed to challenge the manager. They're not allowed to challenge the establishment of Arsenal FC. Um, and but that's i think I think, how, I think i think sorry just let me just let, let yeah. me finish this a bit okay. that, that, that we, we are preparing and I think Wenger is preparing for hopefully that he leaves completely. I, I personally, as much as I, I think the man has been fantastic, I do not want him gone upstairs because he stands to do what he likes, but I don't want him involved in the club anymore because I think he will continuously have an influence on both uh, the club and um, the board. And that's not a disrespect for him. I just think f- for the best of my, my, our football club. Um, but uh, I, I, th- I think we're now recruiting people in, um, I'm hoping that they don't get disillusioned and indoctrinated with the current sort of st- standards day-to-day, the way Arsenal should be. I think you need to the history in the class of the club, but I think we need to change. We need to change ideas. Pep Guardiola changed ideas. Um, Ven- um, Fergie, as much as I hate the idiot, he used to change his backroom staff every two years. Yeah, He used to allow people to challenge him every year uh contingent. not mutiny, but he would he would accept challenge but if uh, uh, and unfortunately our manager on our board who leave everything to our manager does not allow that and stevie bold as strong as he was as a defender he's i don't know if he's not strong uh as a man or he's just i don't know if he's i don't know i'm I'm at a loss to see what some of these players, ex-players, uh, and backroom staff are doing. I think We've got off tangent, big time.
2: I think he is uh, <laughs> restricted in a sense in terms of what he can and can't say. And again, it ties back to what you said in terms of Wenger and being challenged. And I think it's one of those things where he doesn't want to be disrespected or have his thoughts or opinions put in question by his staff. So it's one of those what I say goes. And when we're in the public light and we're at a match, I'll do the yelling. Yeah, it's 21st minute. century. It is. And that's unfortunate I, because it's just the way the club's been run for, for quite some time now. But it's funny if you look back in his original spell at Arsenal, I guess, or the, the initial spell, um, in his first maybe decade, if you watch him and you watch the matches back as I've watched quite a few, he was always on the touchline. He was always getting in, into the, to the, to the players and yelling and screaming and, It seems like over the last 15 years, he's kind of... Fallen back into his seat on the on the touchline, and-, and and again that,
1: that that was the the exact point of the article. I, I'll send you a link, and you might have to do a free trial or whatever. But I'll send you a link because it's really interesting. Um, but that was the point of it that um, he came to the country, he innov- innovated uh, not only Arsenal Football Club but also innovated. Uh, we've got into a Wenger conversation <laughs> rather than the football, but well, it doesn't matter. If it's football, it's <laughs> Arsenal. But he innovated um, uh, Arsenal Football Club with diet exercise the training regimes everything else but once he'd done that major change which took some time he extended Adam's career Merson Dixon's he extended loads of the career even even um the Romford Pele and yep. uh he hasn't changed he got to that end and now a new crop of people come in if you think like okay I'm, I'm 46 when I'm 47 years of age 20 years ago when I went to work, it was what you do what the hell hell you're told to do, and that's it. Nowadays, people are sometimes a little bit wishy-washy for me in some of the ways, in my style and the way I do things. But nowadays, it's more inclusive. It's more about getting feedback, but it's about respect for each other. So if you respect your boss, he respects you, but you only respect your boss when he shows that he actually – has probably got more knowledge or more. It got something that can teach you, and you you learn from him. And by the time you get to the level where you go, he can't teach me anymore. You either move jobs, or he's no longer the boss, and you take over his role. And that and that's the way it works. But we've stagnated in that sense. We need to move on. Otherwise, we will. You can reply to that if you wish, but I think we need to go on to the next game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I agree. Is there uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on in terms of that Liverpool match? i oh, someone worked <laughs> my frustrations. <laughs> Uh, let's do palace we, cannot, we, can, we can move on to palace so two to three victory three points uh towards the end there it got a little bit nervy when they pulled back yeah. that second goal uh we've we had we had more than enough chances to kind of put that match away um but i mean i think throughout the the entire match we had some especially in that first half i would say we had some Brilliant moments of, of soccer. I think we we moved the ball well. We counterattacked well. Uh, Alexis Ozil, Lacazette had some good link-up plays. Some good. I thought, I thought Ozil
1: played played out um, of the skin. Uh, he, at the twenty-second. I've got a note on here. Twenty-second minute in, Ozil's back in the box defending. Like he gets comes into so much so much criticism left, yeah. right, and centre, and he of recent weeks and months has been tracking up and down that pitch. Continue. I think he has been doing it before. But it's quite obvious now, I don't know if that's a shot window or just people are now focusing on them a bit more uh, because the anti-Sanchez thing is going on at the minute.
2: Yeah, it seems like his effort, I mean, he's done it in the past and he may, again, his body language is is terrible at times, but it seems that now he has an additional motivation. I'm not sure what it is, but he seems a lot more interested in, in doing the things that maybe he hasn't done with so much passion as he's doing it now, and there was also a moment in the Palace game where uh, Sanchez was back almost in our box as well, um, defending. So I think he's slowly coming into form. Unfortunately, it might be a little bit too late, but he he scored two great goals. Um, Ozil had an opportunity to score a wonder goal. I mean, I think that that build up play and then oh,
1: one. the one on one. Wow, yeah, what a goal! Uh,
2: the pass the pass that Sanchez picked out to find him in behind the defender. And I cannot believe he did not shoot that ball.
1: Is that the one before the goal on 29 minutes? Ozil Sanchez, Ozil saved by the keeper.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Yeah. So he had the one that he saved by the keeper. And then he had the other one that he played it across. Um, He tried to make a pass, I believe. And it ended up being too heavy of a pass. And I can't remember where the hell got it. But – if we had finalised that play, I would have been. That was, that was a
1: little bit earlier, so it was Ozil cross should have been uh, a Shaka goal, but it got blocked or Shaka blocked it or something. Shaka shot, it got blocked. I got 19 in this class football. Ozil crossed, should have been a goal. Shaka shot, blocked.
2: Yeah, I can't.
1: Mind you, that's in between Christmas. That's in between Christmas, and New Year. I've done I well to be yeah, able to make Yeah, they're, all, they're all kind of, kind of, this, of you know.
2: merging together at this point, but I do remember. <laughs> that one. and, and the, again the pass was from Alexis behind and the defender uh, the goalie saved it with his left arm I believe it was but um, again I think there was there was some some good moments of, of football uh, collectively uh, there were some good individual moments as well uh, maybe we could have really put that match to rest uh, maybe earlier than we would have liked the fact that they well
1: Bellerin, Bellerin in early in the second half. He gets tackled, and he had a good chance. The other scorer got down, and he, in fairness, was honest and stayed up, but I think he should come down in, in,
2: in that one. Yeah, and I I believe it was this match I sent you a text message where I said um, Lacazette's a very honest player. Um, there's a lot of times where he gets pushed or nudged in and around the box, and he, he fights his way to stay on his feet and then ends up either losing the ball or, or not able to make a, a pass on good footing. And I feel like he's punished for that because I would say nine out of 10 players would go to ground in a lot of those situations. And end up- yeah,
1: I, I'd have to agree. But I also think he's uh, quite lightweight and um, a bit like uh, Bellerin was early on. He needs to bulk up, but not to the extent of uh, bulk up. There was a good article, again, I, I listened to. I uh, uh, might to be on Talk Shy, Hour Five Live. Um, <laughs> and it was, t- it was talking about fitness and. Uh, where you but my no actually I I can't remember where it was. It, 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 they were talking about fitness and we're bulking up, and they were talking about players. I think they were talking possibly about Lukaku at Man United and saying, um, uh, he needs to get fitter and he has because Mourinho has been on about him. He's under the weather and he needs a rest, but and so on. Um, and talking about he's bulked up too much on top. And this fitness guru came along and said, yeah, it's good to have that. You need a certain level of it to have bulk so you can compete and hold yourself strong. He said, but once you go too much, and I think this is the case with Bellerin, it just becomes a weight that you need to carry around. If if you're a boxer, you need to be up top, but if you're a sprinter like Bellerin in in our game, he needs his strength and his muscle there and his core and stuff like that. But... There we go. I'm, 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 you can't keep me. I've got the whole agenda on here and you cannot keep me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't
2: keep you in the damn no, lines.
1: No, You're
2: All over the place. You still hung over? No, there. no, no, no. I've got a beer in my hand, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, in terms of that match, my notes, uh, apart from the goals, I mean, that second goal pass from Jack Wilshere over the top uh, to Lacazette. Yeah. Sublime pass. Fantastic touch uh, from Alexis. He put it away well. Um, Gives us the lead. Um, And again, I think that you would think at that point that the match was over. And then I saw some people moaning about the Lacazette for Coughlin (laughs) substitution. Given the scoreline at that point, I'm not surprised. I mean, we played West Brom Brom, uh, three days later, which essentially gives you about two days recovery. Yeah, and, and then, then we mistaken. got Chelsea a couple of days after that, uh-huh.
1: so you've got to rotate, so...
2: Yeah, and he's he's our only true fit striker. I mean, Giroud's got a hamstring He'll be, on. He'll out be our
1: now. only striker in about a week yeah, well, maybe maybe a day or so's time when he goes to... Do you think you got go to Man City, um, Sanchez?
2: Ah, uh, will be interesting to see. Well, I mean, the fact that Gabriel Jesus is hurt, he's out for probably at least six weeks. That, that screwed us, actually. And um, De Bruyne hasn't they haven't really confirmed anything with him, but... Two weeks. Did they say two weeks? Two games.
1: Okay. Two, two, two games. So, he could play tonight, but they'll rest him, because they're playing Burnley, I think, tonight, and then they'll rest him at the weekend, so he should be back, because uh, I've got him in my dream team, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I mean, I think that his injury not being too um, extensive will make things a little bit easier, but, I mean, they have a significant amount of depth, but they don't have... I mean. As far as strikers, really all they have now is Kuniguero, who is a nice option to have as well. But yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I've, I know that Wenger says, yeah, I want to keep him, and no, he's not going to be sold in January. But I think if somebody comes in uh, for him for at least 25, 30 million, I think you have to pull the plug. I don't think you can let him walk um, for free. But. Again, we don't know what goes on in the background, right? And they were asked. They asked Arsene Wenger again this morning or this afternoon for you guys about um, Alexis and Ozil and Jack Wilshere and the contract status and whatnot. And you know, they constantly ask him, and his his responses are almost uh, repetitive at some point. But again, we don't I know what no goes on in the background. Uh... We, don't know. <laughs> we don't know what they're – what discussions they have right we don't know when they sit down what they talk about what the mood is what the expectations are what the plan is so um we can only go based off of what we see on social media what we see in the newspapers uh, etc so um i think from what we're able to see and what we're able to kind of put together um i would imagine that someone's going to come in for him whether that's city I'm, I'm hoping uh,
1: he'll do a pre a pre-contract with uh, psg or something like that so, listen.
2: Ideally, I'd like for him to just sign an extension, so we can put a release clause and then sell him for more. Uh, in the summer, no, my, my, but that's not my not.
1: thoughts, <laughs> my thoughts on that um, are: uh, there's no point in signing an extension. He doesn't want to be there. Um, I would say. If we let him go abroad, let him go abroad. If he wants to stay in the in the UK, then we make him uh, see out his contract. Do not sell him in January because if he gets us into the Champions League spot, that gets us £50 million. Pounds. We are not going to get £50 million pounds for Alexis Sanchez and Ozil combined. We might just scrape together £50 million between the two if we sold them. So we keep them get Champions League position, get bored in the group stages, get to the last 16 and get kicked out. Result, we are the Arsenal.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how (laughs) January treats us. But if this January transfer window is anything like the previous ones, then it'll be another frustrating month for us.
1: Listen, we've been been going for 45 minutes and on some feedback I've had from some friends and so on, this is where we should put a little interlude in and let people listen to a slight bit of music. And uh, we come back and cover uh, the next game, which is West Brom. And then we'll have our discussion. And then we'll talk about um, upcoming games like Chelsea and Forrest and Mike Dean.
2: What do you reckon? Sounds good. And we can Let's do it. See you after the
3: break. Arsenal, obviously, um, a huge decision right at the end of the game has uh, cost you a couple of points. <laughs>
0: Yes, look I, uh, I think uh, many many years ago David Ian and myself fought very hard for the referees to become professional and I think we did a good job but uh, I say many many times now that they don't work enough and uh, I question even more than that but uh, on top of that uh, we have a very different schedule and uh, I believe that uh, we did fight very hard to win the game and in the end uh, couldn't because of that decision.
3: When you say they don't work enough, what, what do you mean in terms to that specific
0: uh, incident? Because they make, uh, you look at their schedule and you uh, will come back to me.
3: So do you feel that he, he has made an incorrect decision because he didn't see it, right?
0: Or he wasn't up with play? He didn't or? see it. He didn't see it. There was a play in front of him. Look at, look at, well, that's why I, I, I question his decision didn't see it did your sides do enough to earn a victory
3: today I mean there wasn't a huge difference between the two sides given that they were bottom and your your top four five look, six uh,
0: that, uh, that's your judgment uh, I felt that uh, we have a uh, very tough schedule West Point had five days to prepare this game we had three and we have three again against Chelsea on Wednesday night uh, the Premier League has to look at the schedule it's it's uh, you have always to, to look uh, in the preparation, if you have the same number of recovery days when the opponent you play, come back to me, look at the whole schedule in the season, and come back to me when that happens. It's unbelievable. It, it, uh, uh, in a game like that, we have to dig deep to give absolutely everything. The two away games over Christmas, and on top of that, we are punished by uh, this kind of decisions.
3: There, there was one incident which, um, which I think. People in the studio are going to look at more carefully when they felt that Danny Welbeck might have had a penalty. Um, are you with them on that?
0: Honestly, I didn't see it well because there was many players in front. It looked like that. I didn't see why he went down. But uh, uh, in this case. Uh, we have to look at it again. Can, can I, just to play devil's advocate
3: slightly, West Bromwich Albion haven't had a penalty for about 15 months, 56 games. I'm not saying that that is a penalty, but they might argue and other clubs would argue look, that they don't
0: get them. Uh, the penalty decision is not uh, to be made on the length of a period where you haven't got one. It's just, is it penalty or not penalty? In my opinion, it was not penalty at all, and uh, or we have to change the rules because yesterday was no penalty, today it's penalty with not even Touching behind uh, the, the in the air, so uh, yeah. that's all I can say. I am uh, not responsible for this resp- Brom not having had a penalty for a long time. It's not my no. job. So, welcome back to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's
1: uh, Fergus here from Arsenal Fans Forum, and
2: Mike from up Quite
1: like your blog, actually. I listen to it. <laughs> I know we get mentioned it every now and then, but it is quite good. Um, it's evening here in the UK, so I've uh, replenished my um, my beverage. It's uh, of golden color and i know it's uh, uh early afternoon in um, in boston so i expect yours is of much darker color and hot and strong
2: i'm actually having a, a glass of water right now to keep my uh, throat um He's so healthy being able to uh chat with you or else i'll lose my voice again <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> that was me just going to wind you up and say, no, just having a sip of beer. <laughs> so, right, we've, we've covered quite a lot, uh, but we're not halfway through yet. Um, so, we, I think we need to speed it up a little bit because I'd like to spend more time on the, on our debate rather than, and upcoming games rather than uh, stuff that's already done because, you know, we've got, what, five points out of a possible nine? Did we get five? Yeah, five points out of a possible nine. West Brom, yep. uh, there is quite a bit to talk about West Brom. And more so with Resp- West Brom was probably um, uh, the outcome of, uh, of I can't say his name. What's his name? It begins with a C, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, D D D D, D <laughs> Dean, yeah. Dean Dean Dean. Yeah, My go. Dean. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so uh, just last thing on uh, on this game. Actually, first thing on this game, he was uh, Arsene Wenger's eighth. 811th game in charge of a Premier League side, a record. So um, he becomes the longest-serving Premier League manager in the world.
2: Yeah, and there's no chance anyone's ever going to catch that.
1: No. And we had a different (laughs) strip, which I think was 1978 or 1977, the last time we played uh, red, red and white shirt with red shorts. What was your opinion? I
2: actually liked it
1: the general consensus that, that is people didn't um really yeah getting some feedback on, on various forms people didn't like or people don't like change um I, yeah. I didn't mind it if i'm honest i, th- I thought look quite because it, it's a good shade of red pumic hits a crap let's face it but no, i thought i thought the strip was quite good yeah i
2: like that shade of red yeah i like the darker red. yeah i, I but I'm, I'm a bit confused as to why we didn't just use our black kit. Uh, black kit, the
1: blue kit. Uh, are, why not just wear – we because we've played in red and white against them before, but we had hoop socks. So why not just wear red yeah. socks? And that's the differentiation because it, it's all about yeah. the referee seeing – a leg going in. So if he sees two white socks going in and white shorts, he can't differentiate who's committed the tackle. So there has to be um, some differentiation. But if the Vogue are white shorts, well, they're all going to have pink and yellow and green boots. But if we got red, uh, red socks or white socks, then you can tell the difference. I just thought a bit pointless.
2: I didn't know if it was a, a marketing trick, but we don't normally sell red shorts. I know, but it's not like the, the, the kits helped Mike Dean anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he's still fucked up. listen anyway. to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, as well. Uh, we, yeah, no, I was surprised. I mean, I hadn't seen anything leading up to the match, but looking at it now, it seems like he has a a knee injury. I think up, it is, or sni- Yeah, I posted something
1: on, on the forum up, that, up. that he he's picked up a slight knee, and there's somebody else who's offered a uh, a slight knee niggle, and they're unlikely to. um be in the game against Chelsea uh, but then it could be a bit of uh, tactics hasn't done before in the past sorry as I've for another tissue I have to a little of a off our nose um, but
2: <laughs> yes I mean we were the match itself we weren't superb what'd you make we, of Jack we,
1: uh, what, sorry not Jack um, what you make a Jack playing deeper role
2: I liked him I think, I think he looked good again I think he's he's going he's gaining confidence uh, you can tell he's definitely matured some aspects of his game. Um, he, it's good he to see the him. Space,
1: he? he made sure he had plenty of space around him. I don't know if that was because it was West Brom and they're a more defensive side and they, they stuck lots of people behind the ball. But he seemed to, when the ball went to other players, they seemed to have somebody on them all the time. But when Jack just seemed to be in this like, vortex of nobody around him nine times out of ten and then he'd lay off the ball and place it. Um, I thought he was a bit more intelligent in the sense of how he distributed the ball um, and he was looking for the passes rather than looking to twerk his arse and run through the trouble.
2: Yeah, and his footwork allows him to attract a lot of attention. There's a lot of times we're in our final third and we just move the damn ball side to side um, which essentially is Incredibly easy for the defenders to defend because everything's in front of you. It's lateral. Um, There's nothing getting in behind you, so uh, You don't have to move very much Um, He does a good job in terms of attracting that attention because he has the ability to go at the defenders and there's a couple of times where he gets kind of caught in between two or three defenders and he's able to just kind of make a quick move in between them and and lay it out wide again Um, but again we lack that ability to really go at teams in that final third because we just move the damn ball left to right right to left and and it won't be he's 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 frustrating me like no other i mean (laughs) i i really have high hopes for him and he's a young player and I think it's a bit unfair to him because he's kind of thrown into the deep end um, in, a, in a in a time where the supporters are not going to be as forgiving as they maybe would have 10, 15 years ago. I think that the lack of challenge for the Premier League has put our fan base in a state where they expect everyone and everything to be fantastic and brilliant, and we have – That to thank not only for our lack of Premier League challenging, but um, the likes of Manchester City and and all those other clubs around us that are going out and buying, you know, all these top players. And then we have someone like Iwobi in our starting 11, which, uh, again, can get frustrating. He's had had moments of brilliance this season. Yeah. You know he's capable of. I like the fact that he's able to hold up the ball. He's able to carry it forward. He's a little bit better in possession than maybe Theo Walcott or Danny Welbeck. But he doesn't have that capability to. (laughs) Theo, I think, is on his way out. Yeah, Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, Southampton would be a good option for him. I think.
2: Yeah, but they want him on loan, which I don't understand why the hell we would loan him out.
1: Because they want us to pay half his wages. Because he wants one hundred and forty. When he gets one hundred and forty grand a week. So they they're willing to pay him sixty grand or seventy grand and they're going no, you pay the rest.
2: So it's not like we don't have enough players out on loan. Like if he hasn't been an option up until now, why the fuck again, are we gonna loan him just to be an option? Like we're gonna Again have to goes pay.
1: back goes back to the underlying thing that it doesn't matter how much we talk about these games, there is something rotten in the state of Denmark and the infrastructure with a see Shakespeare, I am educated.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you impressed? I am. Yeah, uh, there there is um, something endemic wrong with the club and the management of the club. Not this is not pointed at Wenger. This is pointed at further up the uh, the, the realms that um, whoever negotiated contracts, that da, 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 and spoke to agents. We've got loads of average average players. A- a woby is a good prospect, but. He would still classify as an average player now. He's not any better than Walcott, as you just said. He's he's no better than Dan Welbeck. But Walcott's 140 grand a week. Who Who the hell will buy him and pay him that wages? And what's walcott going to do if he's a sensible man just thinking yeah i'll make the money i've got two years left three years left Matt in this career if i go and do two years or three years signing on at southampton getting 70 grand a week i might as well i've got two years left for my contract here and i've doubled the money and then it doesn't matter i can end up in i don't know late and non-league and getting 10 quid a week it, it won't make a difference to him and this yeah. is where it's all gone wrong that we where we were desperate before to keep Theo Walcott and sign the ting and everything else that everyone was saying to Theo um, when he was our only, only option as a striker and he wanted to play centre-forward, which he was absolutely, well, actually, in fairness, he has scored a number of goals for us and he was prolific scorer when he done that, amazing uh, run leading up to when he got injured against uh, Tottenham and I don't think he's ever been the same since uh, that Tottenham injury and the 2-0 to the club game and the Tottenham fans. I
2: got the t-shirt.
3: I have the (laughs) 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 t-shirt.
2: That's like the that's probably the second best thing he's done at the club. That's the best thing he's done at the club. Honestly, it is. He's done some I didn't want to take away from his 100 goals. Yeah. But, no, no, yeah. that's better than his 100 goals. He's <laughs> been nearly 11 years
1: there. I'll tell you what we will post. Uh, have you seen the picture of me in my T-shirt, the Theo Walcott T-shirt? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we should put that one up. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, we should. Yeah, so yeah. in in, uh, in honor yeah. and
1: homage to Theo. Anyway, let's finish off on the West Brom game. <laughs> yeah.
2: going, I mean, going back to Iwobi, like I said, he's he was incredibly frustrating. I, don't, I think he's hit... Point this season where he he either is tired or, or maybe the the pressure is getting to him. But I don't get the point of continually insisting with him. I do understand it from a point of again he's better in possession. He's going to defend more than maybe a Welbeck or a Walcott will. But uh, why not you know play? You've played Maitland Niles out wide before. Why not play him further up the pitch? He's good in possession. He'll I, defend.
1: I I, um, I said we push. I think we should do this with. Chelsea possibly uh, push uh, Jack up because uh, is not meant to be available. So push him up further up the pitch because uh, I thought um, as much as Jack played really well um, against West Brom, I prefer him in the more creative role than that defensive role. That's not a personal basis. I think he plays well in both. Leave Shaka back, and but make the Niles beside Shaka. Um, and then it frees up some other, other places.
2: Yeah, but I think if he's going to play two in the middle, I I would imagine he's going to either play Elneny or Coquelin ahead of Maitland-Niles in that position.
1: But that is Maitland-Niles' position for the under-23s with uh,
2: England. No, I, oh, I get it. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I get it. I just don't think he's going to um, make that decision. It seems like he's obsessed with playing him... Out of position, rather than playing him in his natural position, so I don't I don't see that happening. But off of Wobi, um, just briefly, I don't think that we were great. Um, we had some chances to score goals. Uh, the goal that we did get again was fortunate deflection, but regardless, it went in. Yeah, off um, arse,
1: I'll take it. And
2: <laughs> and we we and led. Then- <laughs> Rightfully, and then then we had Mister. Mister.
1: Then then we had Mister. Dean uh, make a decision. <sighs> now we can we can type of cross this into our discussion because our discussion uh, is about VAR. So we'll carry the, carry that one on in a second. Give us your positives and negatives. I know we normally do it after each game, but what's over the Christmas period? What's been your positives and negatives?
2: Um, my positive
1: has I got to think that <laughs>
2: My positive I would have to say uh consistently has been luck as that it seems like he's he's improving um match on match. Uh he I know he's been a bit protected which again makes sense to me considering he's he's first time in the Premier League and I know supporters get pissed off about it and get frustrated because he comes off but I think that's Arsene Wenger's way of protecting him and and Expecting him from burnout. Uh, he's not used to the the hectic schedule in December. He comes from the French league where um, they don't play as many matches. They don't have such a hectic schedule in December and January. So makes makes sense. Although it can get frustrating at times. But his movement off the ball has been superb. His link-up play with Ozil, Alexis, and Jack has has really improved over time. Looking forward to see how more and your negatives. Um, They can improve in terms of that. My negative, my negative would have to be. Please don't. I. I'm going to say my my negative is going to be our defense as a whole. Um, Over those three matches, we've conceded uh, six goals. No, seven or six, yeah. Three against Liverpool, two against Crystal Palace, one against West Brom, which can have an asterisk next to it. But regardless of the goals we've conceded, we've just had, again, moments of complete chaos and lack of understanding of where the hell everyone's supposed to be. And positionally, it just seems like a bunch of question marks. And, And I feel like this is just the way Arsenal does things, right? There's moments in our season every year that defensively, it seems like we figured it out, right? Earlier this season, we had clean sheets and we were sublime defensively. Defensively, and then ever since the Manchester United game, it all went to shit, it seems. How about um, you?
1: I was trying to get up uh, some stats because you, you made me think about it, but I'm conscious of my crap broadband, which I'm about to change. Thank you to uh, Ayid, actually, who's booking in touch with a really good deal for the new broadband provider. But uh, my my, um, my positives, uh, again, over consistency over the, the Christmas period, has got to be Jack Wilshere. Um, I think he looks like he's growing into the player that we always thought he could be. Uh, he doesn't look, he looks like he has changed. It may be blinkers, I don't know. It may be heart, but uh, from my point of view, but he, he he looks like he is changed the way he's played football a bit. And as much as he's got an awful lot of passion and stuff like that, he seems to be trying to take a step back before he jumps into rash tackles. Uh, and he looks like he, uh, for me, signing up a new contract, making captain job done per steps down. And for me I think he's got the passion, he's got the balls, he's got arsenal awesome at heart. Uh, and on them my negative uh, would be um, my negative would be just a lack of potency, the lack of drive, the lack of finishing, the lack of almost to a certain degree, the lack of lack of set to a certain degree. He needs to he needs to kick in as well as you got know, we just we just we're just lacking something. Um but hey ho. We got five points. We should have had, we should have had at least seven. Um, <laughs> but you know, we're probably a point. If I was looking at the three results and the three games uh, of how we performed, Mike Dean probably nicked us off. A single point because despite our fantastic five minutes against Liverpool I think we were lucky to get away with a draw on that game
2: yeah but again I think we were lucky to get away with a draw but we should have I mean we led so we should have held on to it and then we gave it away so I guess it's two sides yeah but um leading us into our debate um Dean. terrible fucking decision, but um, just, well, it, it's not, it's not just Mike Dean. It's just
1: that uh, VAR is going to be introduced, uh, next weekend, isn't it? For the first time in the, uh, it's the FA cup. We get it.
2: Yeah. And your, what, oh, just to, just a quick yeah, like, mention here, um,
1: I was just about to mention Jay. Are you going yeah, to
2: say Jay? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Jay Cathcart, our buddy, um, and uh, free
1: beer when we get uh, <laughs> down to downtown uh, to
2: he had mentioned in November about, uh, you know, discussing a challenge system similar to what we see here in the NFL. So I, I guess we can kind of tie that into this discussion. Here. So, 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 so what,
1: what, what's your concept of how VAR will work and what's your ideal of how it should work?
2: So there's a lot of gray areas. So to my understanding, and they have VAR in the Portuguese league already. So any goals are reviewed um, so when the goal scored, they come back to the midfield, and the official kind of waits for the green light from the VAR team.
1: Well, we 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 don't we don't need that because we've got Hawkeye doing. Um,
2: but um, the so they, they review it in terms of was there an offsides? Um, was there something that they missed? Um, so they kind of wait at the. If it, if it was a play that obviously requires that. Obviously, if it was a breakaway and it was a goal, then there's not going to be an issue. But if there was a cross and maybe there was some concern, they'll hold off the, the kickoff until there's been a green light. But,
1: um, and how long does that take?
2: Um, I, need, I mean, I've seen it take you know 30 seconds. I've seen it take a minute, uh, depending on how many times they need to review it, how close it is. But… And does, mean, it, does
1: it… Does it break up the feeling of the play, the feeling of the game?
2: Sometimes it does. I mean, some of them are quick, but, you know, can you picture, for example, tomorrow, you know, Benfica plays Sporting, which is a huge Lisbon derby. Um, Sporting's in first place. Benfica's three points back. Um, There's been a lot of controversy throughout the year. We know who you want. (laughs) And... I can just picture, you know, in a match of that magnitude, a goal gets scored and then everyone's kind of standing at midfield trying to wait for the green light. And there's, you know, the, the crowd's going crazy and the goal was just scored. And then, you know, VAR says, nope, there was an sides, right? And the play comes back. Obviously, we want um, the right call to be made. But even if the goal is given at that point, I just feel like it kind of kills a little bit of the mood in a sense, depending on how long it takes. Again, I've seen decisions been made in 20 seconds. I've seen decisions been made before they even get back to the center circle. So it depends on how complex and how detailed they want to get and how difficult the call is to be made. But it has the capability of, of breaking up the flow and breaking up the, I guess, the excitement and the atmosphere. But at the end of the day, we want the right decision to be made, right? And whether that takes one minute or whether that takes two minutes, it's the, the end goal is to make sure that we get the right decision. So, yeah, I, I, I'm on the fence with it, but it, I mean it, it would have been useful to have it this weekend because um, that was just it, – it's funny to see everyone Listen, against no, I, Mike Dean.
1: I, I, to be honest, if you see where Mike Dean is standing – um, I, I think it's not a penalty um, and Pierre checks argument to the referee was spot on and how incensed he was or sorry let's put that the word he used on the sky. I don't know if you've seen his, his uh, video um, the the uh, the, the view my dean had was slightly to the back of Callum Chambers. Callum Chambers has stood up and to grab it, rather than sticking his hand behind his back, he's put his hands in front of himself to pull down to gain balance. Uh, because if you put your hands behind your back, you lose your balance and you're no good to nobody. You just stand in there as just a, a target. And as he's put his hands down in front of him, uh, Kieran Gibbs, he said, "Oh, he's a class player. We should sign him up." You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kieran Kieran Gibbs. Uh, kicks it against his arm uh, he's got nowhere to go and nowhere to run Mike Dean from the back can all he can see is the arm slightly going outwards and in his elbow Yes, I'd agree under some circumstances that could be viewed as a handball. But the point that uh, Petr Cech made was all the players were sat down by the referees association at the beginning of the season. They explained what would be a penalty, what wouldn't be a penalty, what would be a red card in the box, what wouldn't be a red card in the box. Hence why, if you take a certain box, it doesn't necessarily mean that you get a penalty in a red card, you get a penalty in a yellow card, and so on and so forth. So forth. Um, and the point that Petr Cech made, and I think he made it really eloquently, which was age and maturity as well, he said he went up and tried to speak to Mike Dean and said, we were explained to at the beginning of the season that if your arms were in a natural position and you were that close that you couldn't get away from the situation, um, you know, uh, which is the situation with Tom Chambers, who in fairness didn't have a bad game, um, but uh, that wouldn't be deemed a penalty. It would be weighed away. And Petr Cech went up and asked him and said, you know, Excuse me, Mr. Ref, and, he, and, and his words were: where he went up and he asked a fellow professional uh, why, after these rules were explained, why have you given the penalty? And Mike Dean, being the arrogant, seen next Tuesday, he is um, come along, didn't even didn't even speak back to him, didn't even talk to him, turned his back on him, and then gave him a yellow card. I'll tell you what. If he was if he was on the Sunday League playing field down in Hackney Wick, I think he'd the equivalent of Peter Check would have taken a three pound fine and decked, the, decked them. Honestly, he's such an arrogant arrogant tool.
2: Yeah, and he's all about. And that's that's just the way he is. He's about being in the spotlight. I mean, well, there, there, there's a, he, there's hum- a picture uh,
1: pre-match as the cameras are coming up around. You know the way they all these like walking around people and the cameras come up behind him and the and the um, the two other officials and he's looking around going, oh, you know, what what you doing there? Why aren't you looking at my face? It, it, he's Clattenburg. Like it's all about Mike Dean. It's all about yeah, uh, uh, you know, Clattenburg. And we, yes, we did get the rub of the green for once. So I'm a full rant today. We did, we did get, <laughs> we did get the full rub of the green, um, or some of the rub of the green with him against Tottenham. Um, decisions were probably correct, but you could see them on either way. But That was me trying to defend, not defend him, but me trying to be less partisan, I can see how the decision was made, but when he then stands up at Wenger, and Wenger says something to him who's now since been charged, and I don't know if you saw him, and he was around, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: um, Yeah. well, sorry doesn't fix no, it.
1: And this goes back onto the point where uh, there was a discussion again on VAR on Fans Forum, and uh, I can't remember the chap's name, I, I'm sorry, I, I will, I'll I'll name check you later, but um, uh I think it was Heath, um, said VAR in the way it is, is not going to work. Because do you really think Mike Dean is going to go across the side of the pitch near the dugouts where they put the TV screen, which something is wrong anyway? Um, so, a manager, a manager, a whole manager can influence them. Um, he's going to go over there, and Mike Dean would actually change his mind. Mike Dean would not change his mind because Mike Dean will never admit he's wrong. The way it's got to work, in my view, is there's a fifth man up in the stands, and he's sitting there watching the same footage that we see, but he's getting on a live feed without the thirty second delay that we get on on uh, NS, you know, on TSN one or Sky or whatever wherever you're watching it, um, and he is talking continuously in the ear to the referee or the referee hits a button on it. On I don't know. And goes, what you, what you make of it. After he blows his whistle, there's some feedback in his ear to give him some guidance going, no, number four actually punched in the face are number three. A bit like they do in uh rugby football numbers and names and colors going green four. So there's no confusion. They don't have to mention a player's name. They don't anything like that. But, If it's standing over by the edge of the box, uh, sorry, the technical area, looking at a screen that nobody else can see and they're not going to show it to the fans because they're worried that we're all going to riot, Premier League's got a lot more posture now. You ain't going to get that many rioters uh, fans. Um, They they either have it in his ear as a continuous feed or else it's on the big screen and we all see what's going on.
2: Yeah, and I think for the VAR, again, there's three officials that should be able to make the decision. But in the event that it's still undecided, the officials
1: five others when it comes to European League and Champions so League so then
2: they have the ability to go and look at the monitor but when they look at the monitor I think tying it back to what Jay had mentioned in terms of you know the challenge system here in the NFL when the the officials here in the NFL go you know uh, a manager or here we call it a coach but they would drop the challenge flag and then they'll go and review that play the official the head official will go and look at the monitor and discuss it with members of the NFL that are part of that review team. So he'll have a microphone and he'll be able to review that, that footage with other uh, members of the the officiating team that are obviously not there um, on the pitch, and they'll be able to discuss it collectively. Now, here in the NFL, and, and I'm sure we'll see it in the VAR system as well, there's going to be mistakes made, which is sometimes confusing to me how you have so many heads put together and you're reviewing the footage and you still manage to get the decision wrong but again that's a discussion for another day but I think that even if that official has to go and review that that he should have input from someone else because if, if you're reviewing it by yourself doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be right but it would be good to have just the feedback of someone else to say you know this is what the rule actually says and this is how it should have been judged and just to be able to factor in they're distant, distant away from the pitch
1: i know they're, they're they're talking about var uh the officials who are doing var in the fa cup will not even be in the stadium they'll be in a studio fa fa um headquarters near heathrow airport i believe it is and not not the training ground. but they're, they're going to be at some uh, premises they've got near heathrow airport and they'll be watching monitors the similar that, that you see on like, you know sports Soccer Saturday sort of thing and they'll be able to make a decision on there and be called in uh, so they're distant from the whole atmosphere They, you know if it's, if it's a big game like tomorrow's going to be or if it's a Northland derby etc they're not getting the atmosphere of the crowd they are just seeing the actual fact which I think is a really good idea but why don't we have uh, what's the point of having a fourth official standing on the on, on, on the touchline trying to keep the, the refs in check you could usually have any security guard or anybody else in there doing that and not please bleach and moan at them about uh, you know that decision is wrong it, it doesn't change nothing. I think we'd rather have that fourth official up in the stands uh rather than away from uh because they're there anyway. Let them have a monitor, let them talk referee and say, I think you need to recall that. What was the there was one uh, it was a decision where there wasn't a goal given a couple of uh, mid over Christmas. Oh, I've watched so much bloody football. Um there, there, there was a Goal given, and the fourth, uh, one of the linos had flagged, uh, had flagged to say that there was um, an infringement, and said it wasn't a goal, or either an offside, or something like that. And the goal was—it wasn't an Arsenal game, and the goal was actually given, uh, and the referee overruled the whole lot and went, "No, no, no, goal
2: given." Oh, that was the Watford game. Yeah, 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 yeah that was it. Watford against Bournemouth, um, the header at the end, and. Um, I can't remember his name, but he—he he basically he's offsides, and he hits it with his arm. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it was Bobby. Bobby Madley was the official.
1: Yeah. Well, and 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 yeah, he's experienced enough, and so on. But there's where if you get a guy sitting in the stands, the Linos flagged it. He wants to call it. The guys in the ears go, "Lino's right. Lino's right. Go with the linos offside yeah. And, and that's what I think it needs to be a live thing rather than revisit and slowing down play. And if you are going to show TV screens to officials, that has to be shown to the fans as well.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot. But again, I think there's a lot of gray areas. I think it's it could definitely be beneficial to the game because, again, whether it takes 30 minutes or 30 seconds or a minute, the end goal is the end goal, is for, the end goal <laughs> is for us to get the right decision. Again, it's going to get frustrating when it takes a minute and you still get the decision wrong. Um, it'll be interesting in terms of offsides. I know there's going to be a couple of tight calls where it you know, might be the tip of his foot, like we saw with Lacazette against Stoke.
1: Ozil against Tottenham. I was in Gambia with a Tottenham fan right beside
2: me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, think, yeah, be
2: pros and cons to it. But if we can at least eliminate a, a decent percentage of the, the wrong calls, I think we can we can hash it up as a positive Um if they introduce it and it still doesn't eliminate you know 80% of the wrong calls then then obviously it's not the right solution it,
1: listen gold night te- gold try it's my nose gold line technology has worked well and has given the correct decisions every time i right. just hope And it doesn't interfere with play, it doesn't interfere with the game, it doesn't take anything from the game. I just hope whatever they introduce in the FA Cup, and I think the FA Cup is a good trial for it, um, because it goes across all the leagues, Um, I think um, if they learn from any mistakes that they make on it, good. I just want it not to disrupt. That farce you had in Holland, the guy, there was a goal scored and... Uh, was it a penalty or a goal scored? And they went down the other end, disallowed the goal, and gave a penalty to the other end. If you're going to let the play flow like that and wait for wait for play to stop, when when do you call VAR? When do you bring it in? That's why it needs to be live in the year.
2: Yeah, and, and again, there's there's I know there's certain restrictions in terms of what VAR is applicable to. I know it's going to be offsides um, in terms of goals, um, probably penalty it, it, reviews, it, But again, it it's,
1: it needs to be only either in. Um, a red card situation, not a yellow. A red card situation, a penalty decision, and, and a contentious offside. It's got to be defined, and it's got to be. It has to be actual infringements rather than somebody's interpretation of the rules. I know the rules are the rules, but we've all got interpretation of the rules. But I think it's got to be um, more the fact rather than rather than opinion.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll they'll have to define it. I think they've for the the leagues that are already using it, the 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 use cases are already defined. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if if and when the EPL adopts it, if they will continue with the same definitions that the other leagues have gone with, or if they'll tweak it in a way to, to benefit the league and the the style of play in the EPL. I- I would
1: like to think, and I'd like to hope, that it will change and change and adapt it to suit the league, because our league is—it's the same game, but it is different. Yeah. Like you know, it, it, it different pace, a different strength, and so on. Um, but it should be—it sta- it, will have to be reasonably standardised because of World Cup and FIFA rules. Um, and I would hope that we get a happy medium between whatever they do in Portugal to whatever they do in Uzbekistan to. MLS to to the the Premier League, not the EPL, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you carry really on, knock yourself out.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I again, it, it's going to have pros and cons, but it'll be interesting to see what what they end up doing, and it'll be interesting to see what some of our listeners think about it. I know that with the decision that didn't go our way um, <laughs> this past week, it'll generate some hopefully some, some feedback and some comments um, from our and, listeners.
1: And, and, and on, the, on that, before you start going to ask them for feedback, which we will ask for in a second, I don't think we're being sour grapes on this one. I do not think we're being sour grapes. But it will really be interesting to hear what other people think and how they would uh, envisage VAR uh, being used and introduced, whether they wanted it at screens, whether they want it um, live, um, or whether they want it at all. I know some people are old school and they they still want, like, you know, a pig's about to kicked around the pitch. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, for those of you listening, um, leave us your comments on the Facebook page. Uh, send us your tweets. You can direct message us if you want, uh, or you can shoot us an email, info at gunsandyellowribbons.com. Um, let us know what you think about it. I know that there was a lot of unhappy people on social media. I, I was scrolling through Twitter, and there was a lot of different uh, views and opinions on it. Uh, I know that a lot of people are tying it back to the fact that Arsenal should have never put themselves in that position, which I already explained myself about that um, earlier today or in the in this podcast. but yeah, let us know your thoughts. Uh, you know what are your what is your opinion on the VAR? Is it gonna slow down the game? Is it gonna take anything away from it? Uh, you know what are the pros and cons? How do you see it playing out? Um, and we will be sure to engage in conversation with you.
1: And finally, uh, a couple of things I'd like to cover: um, the cup match against Forest, um, the, the, the Chelsea game. We've done our predictions, lineups, um, <laughs> the best lineup we can have. I think that's six injuries, so um, it's going to be a makeshift. Uh, it's going to be backs against the wall and hope for the best. Hopefully, Chelsea are reasonably inconsistent. I know they smashed Stoke, um, but. We can win the game, as you said, at home. I'm not confident. I have predicted 2-1 to the Arsenal because I cannot predict us losing, even if I think we're going to be playing Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, and the um, the, the, what do they call it? The, the Globetrotters? <laughs> I <laughs> well, think that our be.
2: our success recently against Conte and Chelsea will, will play into it. Um, I think that will give us an advantage, not just mentally. We got, but
1: We've got them three football Wednesdays football. in
2: a row. Yeah. And I think that'll that'll benefit us in terms of the lineup, uh, with oh. Koss and Ozil doubts. Um, I, I think we could probably see similar lineup that we saw against West Brom. Probably Maitland Niles comes in for Kalasinyak, and uh, probably holding or. Mostly, he's probably going to put Soccer in there if Koz can't go. Um, which, scares yeah, Mert- do- the I'll shit do- out of me. Mert-
1: Mertz and Chambers, that's who I think.
2: Yeah, I think he'll bring Mertz in f- with Chambers and Mustafi. Maitland-Niles on the left and bellarin mm. on the right. Everything going forward will be the same unless Oziel can't play, which it will be. We'll probably start for him anyways. Um, but I think that Soccer scares the shit out of me. But the fact that the last times that we've played against Chelsea, he's – been pretty pretty good, so I'm hopeful that. I that
1: that's it case. On, on, on I think I'd like um, Per and Holding in the centre. to do a back four, FA Cup final all over again. My one of my best difficult think, days. I don't, I
2: don't think he will move to. A, I don't think I'll go to a back four.
1: The other thing I was going to ask you: like, uh, the EPL, uh, the Premier League, is a huge, uh, worldwide, um, but one of the most. Traditional and old-fashioned, passionate games, and the best match today ever to watch is uh, next Sunday morning, which is uh, it lasts about two and a half hours, and you might be playing, I don't know, uh, uh, Preston Arg. No, not Preston Arg. You'll be playing, you know, Forest Green Rovers versus Arsenal, uh, and we've got the FA Cup third round. How do you guys think of it over there?
2: I think it's exciting, and I, I. Again, I have a lot of footy friends, and we talk about it all the time. And the funny thing is, is that it seems to be one of those competitions where if you're not winning it, it's not important. But if you are winning it, it's you know a great achievement. Win it all the time. And that's the thing is, you know, Arsenal's won it, and you know my friends who are Chelsea supporters or Liverpool supporters are like, oh yeah, wow, you won the FA Cup. No one cares about it anymore. Well sure what you do your Spurs that, fans uh,
1: what do yeah. your f- Spurs friends think of it
2: <laughs> well he does two that I know don't say anything because they haven't won anything in a while but, 91 uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where again if you're not winning it it's you consider it irrelevant no one cares about it but if you win it it's a great achievement so I love the uh, you, you know, know what the lower lower after league the, sides uh, playing against the premier after league after the sides. day I had
1: the FA Cup final last May it's never irrelevant that is the best one of the best days of football and I've been to three Cup finals but to be up against a big team and it's going to be the same in the league cup final I think this year if we make the league F- cup final and you're going to be our lucky charm when you're sitting in the wrong end wearing blue and white pretending that you're a Chelsea fan going oh yeah 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 speaking Russian that's that's what you're going to be doing <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it, it's going to be a big side, league really, If final, <laughs> if we get there, but that to take that day, that that day will go with me till I die. Just nuts, absolutely nuts. I was out with Scott Wise, Danny White, Wy- um, Danny Wilkins, uh, uh, Billy Young. There it was, it was just loads, and it, it was just carnage. But such a party going in there, feeling less uh, sorry, more intense than I Like because I'm not confident, 100 confident about um, tomorrow, but magnify that a million times going into a cup final I've just gone doesn't matter as long as we turn up doesn't matter what the result is just turn up and show that we're Arsenal and we give a fight and we come and turn them over that's what the FA Cup final the FA Cup's all about
2: yeah I agree so it'll be, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out hopefully we can start the week off with three points against Chelsea again whether we play well or not I don't care I just want three points um, we've, we've played well enough plenty of times and not one I just want at yeah. the final whistle, the score to be 3-1 to one, so I can get three points on our prediction league as well and surpass you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going to happen.
2: Hey, listen, you've
1: got to look at me eye to eye next time when you give you a prediction. Are we doing a, yeah, po- are we doing a podcast before you come or are we going to wait till you're over here?
2: Um, I think it probably makes sense to do one while I'm over there. So we'll cover the Chelsea match tomorrow and the Nottingham Forest match and then we can do it before the… League Cup match against Chelsea.
1: Okay. So I need to book, I need to book that day off work. Are we getting, yeah, we wanked, are we getting wanked in London then, are we?
2: Yeah, I'll be there nice and early. So we got all day before the match.
1: Pub's open at 11.
2: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, and then we can cover, <laughs> we'll be able to cover those two matches and then maybe we can squeeze one in um, before. I. What I, What time's your flight to um, the Balkans? One thirty or 13.30 your time. Out of London, but I'm trying to see if I can push it out so I can go to the bournemouth match. But that's still up in the air.
1: If 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 you can, or you can just book a cheap cheap easyJet Ryanair flight. Do something. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I can. Well, I don't want to promise you, but I can get a ticket. I'm sure. Okay.
2: Yeah. So I'm trying to. And
1: I'd love for you to get into into the Emirates and uh, have a game.
2: Yeah, so well, the Bournemouth match will be at, at Vitality Stadium, but either way, I, I plan on doing.
1: Oh shit! Yeah. I plan yeah. on
2: doing a, a tour of uh, the Emirates, yeah. anyways, while I'm over there. So.
1: So, on that note, what we do? Do you want to do it together? Are you doing it? No, I, we just we'll take that off. We'll take off the pod, and we'll we'll talk about planning that our text and whatever. So, what you doing? Yeah. Uh, I recommend if you do it, do the Legends tour. You need to book it in advance, um, and pick. Yeah player uh i done done it with nigel winterburn for my birthday not, not actually a year before and uh, my wife bought it for me and um i afterwards rang her up and said oh thank very much i felt like a 10 year old kid at christmas honestly oh, it was just unbelievable <laughs> listen uh
2: we've uh, jesus we've moved around on this one haven't we <laughs> no it's been an ex- exciting one there was a lot to cover
1: and you know what we haven't done too bad we gave you a break kids uh, but yep. um, we've done it in our normal night. You think we've 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 done quite well. Yes, Mike, we have. Until I, see, until I see in London. Yes, I
2: in a week, up the arsenal. Thanks for all the listeners, and make sure to leave us some feedback on the various social media platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, we want reviews and on Twitter, iTunes because iTunes email. don't all
1: the data, so we'd love some reviews on iTunes. Even if you listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, go on to iTunes as well and just give us a, a, a star rating, a review. Uh, we're getting between fifteen and 100 people listen to us uh, week in, week out. We apologize we were away for... Um, the Christmas period, but with festivities and man flu and in Mexicans.
2: <laughs> All right, Fergus, I will catch you on the other side of the pond See you in London next time mate. we chat. Take it
1: easy.
3: That was Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Thanks for listening and up the arsenal.